When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another segment of the Legends Vodcast here on Eurosport. I'm Mats Villander, and I am... Uh, trying to stay away from everybody in the Rocky Mountains in Idaho in the United States. I've got uh, my good friend Boris Becker, uh, who's uh, stuck in London or, or trying to enjoy. Boris, how are you? I'm hoping you're there. Yeah, yeah. I'm on Wimbledon Center Court. Uh, uh, the picture in the back uh, doesn't show the reality. I'm the only one on court. But yes, uh, we're, we're surviving in London, yeah. All right, well, well, thanks for joining us again, uh, Boris. Uh, we've done this now once a week here for the last couple of weeks, and today yep. uh, we are very, very happy and excited to be joined by two of the brightest stars on the WTA uh, Tour first, Bianca Andresco, a 19-year-old Canadian. Bianca, I'm hoping you're there. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. And also another 19-year-old uh, Montreal Canadian fan, which doesn't sit well with me because I'm New York Rangers. But uh, we have <laughs> Felix Auger-Aliassim. Felix, thank That's you right. so thank much you. for uh, Thanks for, for thanks being here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I got to start straight away. I mean, seriously, you, you guys are, are the players that we've been uh, talking about the most uh, for the last year in terms of the young players. You're the youngest uh, woman and man in the top 20, both in the WTA and the ATP, both 19 years old. I mean, first of all, how, you, how much have you played together in tennis? You guys? She's, top, she's top 10. She's, uh, she's a different, different stage already. <laughs> yeah, well, she's a Grand oh. Slam champion. Bianca, tell me yeah, a little bit. About you. You're getting there. You're getting there. Um, uh, we didn't have the chance to practice a lot together um we did here and there but i'm more in toronto uh training here and he's uh more out in montreal yeah we i think i first saw you i think at under 14 uh national championship and uh it was on clay in like the north of the province of uh, montreal and then uh, <laughs> uh no we played some junior tournaments uh we actually i think last time we hit maybe we warmed up yep. and um, we had a grade one junior in Repentigny. I think we warmed yeah. up for our match there. That one's actually on so, YouTube. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we yeah, played so many 
we traveled a lot together. Um, the two tournaments though that stood out definitely had to be a junior Davis Cup and Fed Cup uh, with the whole team. Um, yeah. We all had like so much fun and then uh, they ended up winning it. Were you, you girls uh, finished third or? Yeah, we finished third. Um, that was under, uh, that was where? That was in Budapest and then. Yeah. No, that was in Madrid. Madrid. Madrid, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys killed it. Like so, so Felix and Bianca, uh, I believe you're both in uh, Canada. That's correct, right? Mm -hmm. How yeah, is the lockdown correct, in Canada? Because I believe your Prime Minister Trudeau was one of the first ones to actually uh, cancel trips for Canadian athletes for the Olympics. So he was you know, a couple of weeks ahead of the curve, really. Uh, how, yeah. how is your daily life there, both? Well, Good. for me... In in Montreal, uh, uh, it's it's not a we could say like a full lockdown. We can we're allowed to to go out, you know, for for walks and for runs. But I have to respect a two meter distance, and uh, basically all the shops that are still open are essential needs. Um, so and only one family member can go at the time. So you know they're trying to be more and more strict, but people are really respectful. Uh, for my part, I think. Uh, People are respecting the rules. People are taking care of, of each other and really supporting the, the medical staff. And um, I've seen also people that I know going and volunteering in, um, in charities and, and, and giving food. Um, so, no, it's, it's nice to see everyone come together in the, in the province and I, I guess in the country as well. And Bianca, yeah, for you? It's, it's basically the same here. Like, only the essential um, services and businesses are open right now. Um, and you barely see anybody on the road. Honestly, it's, it's doing so well for the environment. Um, it's, it's crazy, but there's good and bad in everything. It's, it's just super, super depressing to see what this virus is doing to people, but it's really nice to see how everybody's coming together in one way or another. Um, and I think this time really shows us that we can't take anything for granted, really, like going to see our friends, um, basically just leaving the house, um, and especially our health, because eventually, if one person is, is infected in this kind of thing, then everybody else is connected in one way or another. How are you guys, I mean, it's very important to get physical exercise and I would say um, even more so for professional athletes. How Are you guys able to hit any tennis balls? Or I saw Felix on your Instagram, you're, you're hitting uh, with a hockey stick, the tennis ball against the wall. Uh, Bianca, are you, are you guys able to hit anything? Or how, what, what does the day look like in terms of working out? I'm no, not as creative as Felix, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I've only been working out right now. Um, it's tough right now in Toronto because they've closed even the parks. So nobody can uh, play tennis or play basketball or even sit on a bench. Um, I think um, Trudeau is doing a really good job with that um, because that's like the only way we're going to stop this from spreading. Um, but I've been, I've been working in my mind as much as I can. It's a very powerful tool that I like to use. <laughs> but guys, there was a tennis tournament this week, the Virtual Madrid Open, and Bianca, you have played. Uh, how yeah. you I doing? totally forgot about that. 
Oh my gosh, it was such a roller coaster. The first two matches, um, me and my opponents had such shitty connection that <laughs> there were so many glitches. And um, I told them that I don't want to give my opponents the satisfaction of beating me with such shitty connection. Like, I'd rather withdraw, but they're like, no, you already signed up, you have to play. So um, I made sure to practice a lot. And let me tell you, I wanted to throw my PlayStation out the window. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a hard game. I'm not even kidding. And then the match against Sorana was apparently one of the best of the tournament, even though I lost. At least I got that reputation. Um, but other than that, uh, it's just like something fun to do to bring everyone together. Um, all the WTA players had a group chat that the players that were in the tournament. So we were all talking and just making fun of each other in like more ways than one. It was, it was funny. Um, but hopefully uh, this won't be our future. Hopefully everything <laughs> will go back to normal so I'd never have to play that video game again. <laughs> but, but Felix, you didn't yeah, play. Wasn't... Why didn't you play and how did you stay busy then? I, I hear you playing the piano and, and you know, you, you're doing all different type of things for a tennis player. Unusual. I was never into much video games and I, I thought, you know, uh, <laughs> I was doing already other things like uh, training and uh, and like I said, yeah, playing piano, reading, and I felt like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a big envy of of playing the the video games uh, on on TV and tennis. So, I I thought I wasn't the best uh, the best client for it, and I thought other players could uh, could be better at it. And um, no, for my part, I have um, a program. You know, with my team, we put up a fitness program to keep me okay. active. Um, and we've set up a, a little gym in my in my backyard. And my dad put a put a wall on the garage door so I can hit the ball a little bit. Uh, so I'm trying to stay active. I go out for runs, which I'm allowed to, and um, I went out biking as well. So yeah, I'm keeping keeping okay. fit as much as I can. And the rest of the day, um, yeah, I try to do other things: reading, playing, <clears throat> sorry, piano with uh, with my mother, and then doing other things, discussing with my, with my family. It's also very important um, taking the time that we don't have, you know, when we're on the road to, to sit down and, and talk with your close ones. And then it's, uh, it's really important. But um, like nice. Bianca said, working on your mind is also good. Hmm. But you guys, I got to ask you because, I mean, what happened? Canadian tennis, suddenly you, you two, we got Dennis Shapovalov, of course, uh, Jeannie Bouchard sort of broke through a little bit, I suppose, mm -hmm. uh, making a couple of finals. What, what's, what's different about Canadian tennis? Do you guys know or is it just seem natural to you that you're from Canada and you're in the top 20? Because for us, <laughs> it's a little bit of a surprise. Like, what is going on in Canada? What's the answer? I... <laughs> um... I guess I can start. Um, I don't think it started just now. It's just something over time that's been building up um, thanks to all the other Canadian tennis players that gave us the inspiration and motivation, at least for me. Um, and also being in the Tennis Canada program helped tremendously. They have an amazing um platform in place with amazing coaches fitness trainers facilities and uh just having felix and dennis and um all the other canadian tennis players together in montreal 
whenever I'm there. It's just a nice thing to see because we're all one big family and we just enjoy supporting each other and motivating each other, which I think gives us that extra boost. And it's just a bonus that we all peaked at the same time at such a young age. It's just really mm. beautiful to see. Yeah, all she said. And I think also just the fact that at some point they, you know, decided to invest, you know, with the profits of the tournament, decided to invest a lot in the, in the future of the tennis, uh, developing, you know, uh, future stars, players. And I think uh, sometimes we're both decisions, you know, taking people from country, um, getting out of the comfort zone as a federation. And then that, you know, paying um, results uh, years later, I think um, there were some, some key changes that they made in the, in the years that uh, made the difference. But, uh, you know, in, investing in, in the future and then the good timing, like she said, that we had a, a good, good people, good players, um, good mentality all at the same time and, and motivating each other. Yeah. Bianca, let me take you back to 2019. Uh, winning the Indian Wells tournament with a wild card, then having a pretty solid year, and then ultimately you know, winning in your home country in Toronto against Serena, and then the breakthrough at the Open, beating Serena again. What happened? <laughs> Don't ask me, Boris. <laughs> uh, man, every time I talk about it, it just brings me in the feels because 2019 was like the best and worst year of my life. Um, it was definitely a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, my results were definitely the good part of the year. And just me improving as a person and as a tennis player, it was just so nice to see my progression uh, the whole year leading up to the US Open and even afterwards. Um, but I think it, it started, um, during my preseason, I think I had a really, really good preseason. I felt super confident. I remember I didn't lose a practice set. So I'm like, okay, 2019, I'm coming for you. And then little did I know uh, what was going to happen in Auckland. I ended up getting to the finals. And I think that just boosted my confidence even more coming into Indian Wells and also Newport. So it's just, it's just a buildup. And then I just kept the ball rolling. I didn't let anything go to my head. I wasn't taking anything for granted. I was going out there, playing match after match, not focusing on who's on the other side because I played a lot of tough opponents and opponents that were in the top 10, um, which never happened to me before, right? That was mm -hmm. like my first full year on tour. So it's just incredible how, how fast that all came together and yeah it just it, it makes me happy talking about it again actually. brings a smile on your face yeah good <laughs> yeah no but it's incredible i mean I, i'm not sure you guys might be uh, aware of this but uh, boris uh, won wimbledon at the tender age of 17, 17 yeah. uh, and he managed to Didn't defend shoot. his title the year after at the tender age of 18 so uh, and we always uh, I was in the tournament and I was saying, well, the reason Boris won was that he was the most mature emotionally, tactically of all the players. And he's 17. What I think you guys have in common, the two of you, is that when I saw you, Bianca, uh, going into playing in the Canadian Open and then in the US Open, I'm like, OK, there's no way she's not going to win. She's going to win this because you seem more 
calm in our eyes. I'm not sure that's that's correct in your own in your own heart. And Felix, same thing. I watch you. I'm like, this guy can't be 19. He's a full seasoned pro. <laughs> Do you feel that? Or is this like a poker you face? Didn't you, didn't you win also? Uh, you won French Open at uh, 18 yeah. or? 17, yeah. correct. You never mentioned it. He was young. No, well, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to. But, but really, you guys are so mature. How, how does that happen? And do you feel that on the court when you're playing, even though you're only 19? Um, okay, I'll start then. Yeah, go ahead, Bianca. For me, for me, I grew up as an only child, and my parents' goal raising me. Uh, was to raise an independent child, um, meaning being able to go and travel by myself without needing my parents, because ultimately that's what adulthood okay. is. You have to be independent and everything. Yeah. Um, and being an only child obviously helped with that. Um, and then, I don't know, I just, I mean, I have my moments. Obviously, when I was younger, I was crazy on the court. Like I would, I would smash rackets, maybe not exactly during the match, but after matches, it was just a disaster because I always had this willingness to always compete at my best. And when I didn't, or if I regretted a specific thing, I would get so down on myself, but it was just a learning experience. And I've learned that wasn't helping me win matches. And then I studied a lot of tennis players um, in particularly, uh, in particular, I mean, Kim Kleisters and Roger Federer and because those, uh, and still are my favorite tennis players, um, like growing up, I would say, um, that I watched the most. And I just saw that they were so calm and composed. They had a complete game style and that's how I wanted to be. Obviously I wanted to make a name for myself. Um, but they were definitely like a stepping stone. No, yeah, for my part, um, a bit like, like she said, I think it's a big part of how you were raised, you know, education and how you are as a person. I think you bring that to the court. Uh, that's the first thing. But then also uh, it was tough for me to manage my emotions uh, growing up in, in juniors. And, and uh, obviously I was getting my, my ambitions were very high and very perfectionist and I would get very, angry and frustrated with myself deeply, you know, when I wasn't playing to my expectations or competing to my expectations. And then I think there was a, a bit of a time at some point that I realized that I was giving myself better chances to win by staying calm. And really when I figured that out and I just felt it inside of me that um, I was giving myself uh, the best chances of, yeah, really of winning when I was staying calm, then it was just like a decision like, okay, well, always try to, you know, figure out a, a way, always try to adjust, try to find a positive. I think once I won a few matches like this and I was like, oh, God, this this works, you know? So I just kept on going and kept believing that that was the way to handle myself. But also when I, I remember I first played my first ATP Tour uh, match in Rotterdam 2018, uh, first main draw, I took a decision that that's the way I wanted to to, to be and I just wanted to stick to that and uh, ever since so I, I think it was also a decision made a commitment to myself oh, cool. Boris yeah can you relate yeah I mean ultimately we are all alone on the court 
And if we don't believe we have a chance, nobody will. And, and uh, I was so impressed with both of you about you know, your mental attitude and your strength and your determination. I mean, you know, Bianca, uh, uh, and I watched uh, the US Open final and, and you could tell that Serena was afraid of you. But you not only had an interesting story on the court, but off the court. So you were born in Canada at the tender age of seven. You went back to Romania just to come back to Canada at 11. Uh, I have a lot of friends at Bucharest and they all say, she's one of us, she's one of us. How do you feel? About that? Yeah. They always say, oh, no, 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 I... she's not Canadian. She's, she's Romanian. And then I speak to my Canadian friend. No, 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 she's one of us. How do you feel? <laughs> I mean, it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm definitely in between, obviously. My parents um, yeah. are Romanian. They grew up there, but I was born in Canada. I was raised in Canada. Um, but my tennis career did skyrocket um, in, well, not skyrocket, I guess the beginning of everything was there. Um, that's what I mean. I picked up my first racket there. So there many, in, 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 in Romania. In, in, in Romania. Romania, yeah. 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 It definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, but deep down i mean i i am canadian but i am romanian yeah. i don't want to say the wrong thing no 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 i mean it's a tough one it's it's it's, it's, it's a wonderful yeah, story though no. <laughs> i mean my oh my gosh the romanian fans uh are honestly next level like they are everywhere you go that's what i mean where yeah. there's a romanian tennis player playing in that tournament there's going to be like a herd of romanians which is amazing and i think it uh, it just brings a different a different vibe on the court when you're there to see as many people supporting you and just coming down from Romania. I mean, there are some in uh, China actually, so that dedication yeah. is just respect. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, well, there, there's there's one Romanian girl in front of you. Unfortunately, I must tell you, her name is Simona Halep. Are you good oh, pals? Yeah. You you practice one another or you you competitors? Um, well, we are all competitors, uh, but off the court, we're friendly. Yeah. Um, she's a really nice person. I've, uh, the first time I met her was actually in Canada at the Rogers Cup back in uh, 2016 or 2017. I, I don't remember exactly. In, uh, yeah, in Montreal, we were doing this mini clinic, mm -hmm. um, the Olympic Stadium over there. And... I remember she gave me some really good advice and said nice things about me because she saw me, um, she saw me play. I don't remember when and how, but she says she did. <laughs> and she called me my game style, which is really, which is really nice. And then um, on tour, we've we've seen each other and we talk Romanian together. Um, and then I ended up playing her in Shenzhen, and that was just like a. Unbelievable match. It was one of the best matches I've played up until the third set. Um, but it was it was really cool to actually have one of my idols, I would say, turn yeah. into rival. Yeah. Just, yeah, mm -hmm. it's something incredible. It's incredible. Felix, I've got to ask you, because I know that you're very involved in, uh, in uh, trying to raise uh, money and awareness. Um, um, mm -hmm. I believe back at uh, home, I guess you can call it, in, in Togo. And talk, us, talk to us a little bit about your involvement with 
mm -hmm. trying to help kids that are not so fortunate. Are they playing tennis or what's your role here? No, my, my role uh, essentially is that um, through my career, I wanted to find a way to, while I was playing, to, you know, put some money on the side for, to, to, to help these, uh, these kids, to give them opportunities because um, I believe that, you know, I had opportunities uh, around me to, to achieve uh, whatever I wanted to achieve, you know, with hard work and everything. But I feel like uh, some kids out there, or some people, they can be all hard workers and they can have great hearts, but the opportunities uh, around them. Uh, so my, uh, my idea was uh, with the help of, um, of my partner, BNP Paribas, was to give uh, these kids opportunities first to study, to have uh, good infrastructures. They were gonna, they're going to renovate um, football courts, um, you know, eventually down the road, maybe tennis courts, uh, but it's more difficult in these countries. Um, and, and yeah, but I think it all came from, from my dad. I wasn't born there. I wasn't raised there, but just going there one time, seeing what they need, uh, it stuck with me and through my dad's education, always, I wanted to, to give back when, I, whenever I would have the chance. And now this year, um, it was a good timing and I felt like it was a time to, to find a way to, to give some back to, to these people. And I'm going to start there and who knows, uh, where, where it will lead me. Bianca, before you have to go, unfortunately, I have a few more questions for you, Felix, afterwards. Um, you are the current US Open champion. Yeah. Are you able to fend your title, Bianca? Do you have any news for us? I don't know what the future has to hold, but I will tell you that I'm going to give my best. I don't like losing. So we'll see. That's definitely the goal, is to win every other Grand Slam as well. <laughs> Because I want to reach that number one spot. I really yeah. do. <laughs> I but really most do. importantly, we don't have any tournament yet. So I was wondering whether you had some updates of whether the US Open will take place or not. That's really the core of my question. Oh, um, I have no idea. Yeah. I really have no idea. Uh, with everything that's going on now, um, it's really tough to say. It's, it varies day by day. There's some cases in one day and then there's way more the next. Um, but if everyone can just keep social distancing, that's the only way we're gonna get rid of this. Um, unless they come with a vaccine, but then that's just like another topic that's pretty controversial right now. But other than that, no, just gonna try to have that in the back of my head every time I, I do my fitness and hopefully I can step back on the court. Super, yeah, we're all looking forward to that. Yes, we are. Bianca, thank you so much. We're going to let you so go. Another appointment. So, Bianca, thank you very much. Good luck. Stay, stay safe. Stay home. Uh, and um, we will see you soon, hopefully, out in the world of tennis. Thank yes, you. Yes, hopefully. Thank you for having me once again. Thanks, Bianca. Enjoy nice. the rest of it. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Felix, I got to ask you, and I know that... Um, <laughs> Sometimes uh, I think you guys know that when you get on, onto these calls and, and you do press conferences, we might ask you an unpleasant question. Um, you have made, mm -hmm. uh, is it five or six finals? And you're still looking for your first? Five, yeah. What, what, how do you, yeah. I mean, this is something that, uh, I hate to bring it up, but I would say you yeah. have to talk about it. You got to kind of think, what's going on? What, what do yeah. you feel? You've had some tough opponents, obviously, but for you mm -hmm. to play a final, is it different? than a semis. It was for me, 
because on Monday morning, mm -hmm. we're all going home. Whether you win or lose, it's over. And the semis, you still have a match to play, so you need mm -hmm. to win it. What's, what's, what's up with you and finals? How do you feel going into these big matches? I think, I think it, got into, it got to my head probably uh, this year. Uh, last year, as uh, you know, 18 or 19-year-old, my first final. Uh, like, you know, I hate to regret things, but if I had to regret one final or like one final that I don't like to think about is the first one, just because I felt like I had more of an opportunity. Um, you know, if we look at the rankings of the opponents I faced uh, on paper, it's, it's obvious that uh, the one that was reachable was the first one. Yeah. And then I just I completely, um, I was a bit overwhelmed. Uh, had a very emotional win uh, in semifinals, and it was like a big achievement making the finals. And I just remember a year ago, you know, with less experience, and I just felt a bit overwhelmed and, and couldn't couldn't really play. And it was very hot that day, and I just physically was drained, emotionally drained, and I just didn't play a good match, and I missed my match. So that was very frustrating thinking back now. But I was like, okay, it's my first final. I'm young. Okay, I'm gonna have others, and then. Every final was a bit different. The second one, uh, I hurt my, my groin and I couldn't really play to my best level. And the second set, I was walking on court, had to pull out of French Open right after. And then the third one in, in, in Stuttgart, uh, that was one that was hurtful. Was hurt, it hurt also because it was so close um, against Berrettini. Uh, just one little break of serve. Um, I I would have to watch it again, but I can I think in the first set was um, you know, maybe one or two dumb mistakes on my service game in the in the middle of the first set. And then going to the tiebreak, I think it was twelve ten in, in the tiebreak second set and he's just serving unbelievable. So mm. uh that one hurt because it was so close, but at the same time the level of the match was good. And then the fourth and fifth final this year, uh that's really when a bit got to my head. I just felt like Okay, they're two top 10 opponents, Monfils and Titipas, so you have to give it to them. They played good. But I just felt like um, I didn't want to – the pressure was more – I didn't want to lose. I, I would say it was more, more anxious. You know, you get that stress before matches all the time, but those yeah. finals, it's like you feel it times 10. And it was just like not a – it was not a good feeling. And it was like, oh, I, I don't want to miss my chance again to, to win my first title. And then – uh, still, uh, I fought, gave everything, but I just felt like my level wasn't the best. So it's obviously uh, frustrating when you feel like you're not giving yourself the best chances. Uh, but I think all the finals are a bit different from one from one and another. So I don't try to look at that as a as a whole thing. Like I I lose finals. It's five yeah. tennis matches. It's five different occasions. Um, but every time it hasn't gone my way and for different reasons but uh, yeah. I'm trying to to find the, the, the clue I guess to, to find a way yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Felix uh, on a positive note you're the first teenager that reached back-to-back -back finals in Marseille and Rotterdam since Novak Djokovic so uh, it's no shame in losing to you know some of these guys you mentioned mm -hmm. what do you think the difference is and I mean you've you played with Ferran Djokovic Nadal um, you obviously watched him a lot on television now when you face him in practice on a match are they really so much better? Are they really so much better? So much better yeah. than the rest? Well, I, 
like I think so, but I think it's the consistency of uh, of, of what they bring because we can watch one match, we can watch one practice, um, and feel like okay, one guy of fifteen world and, and Djokovic are hitting the ball clean or are playing well. But I think it's the difference is the consistency of 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 their level and their and their mentality and their and the engagement they put in, into things. I think uh, that makes a that makes a big difference and. Uh, for me, a big thing is the the good habits they put in place. I think the, these guys have been uh, repeating uh, good habits and have put good things in place every day for throughout their whole careers. And I think when they come they come in, in, in uh, tight situations or they come in pressure situations, uh, they repeated uh, these things so much that um, instinctively um, their level is just above the rest. And I guess the rest of players maybe fall a little bit under and they, they rise on top because they've repeated so much and they've, they've just been uh, consistent in, uh, in their actions. And um, I guess with time, that's made a, that has made a, a big difference. And I think, for, for example, Nadal, it's just when you see him hit his forehand again and again and again, I think it comes back to probably when he was 12 years old. You know, it's just putting good things in place, practices and matches every day. And then now it's like automatic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. The, the other thing I need, I need to ask you about, Felix, because uh, you mentioned a very good friend of uh, mine and Boris's in you wanted to face Yannick Noah, I read somewhere, and that would be your, yeah. your goal to face Yannick Noah in a, in a match or something. How, how is Yannick Noah your, your hero? Because we know things player, about yeah. Yannick that you don't want to know, right, Boris? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, tell us about Yannick. No, but... I guess it was, I guess uh, because we, uh, I watched interviews, he says something in, in French, he says, and, and basically means like a horse that is like, uh, it's an expression in French, basically. And I, the way he said it, I thought it was so funny. So we've used that with my team and I've used that over the time. And then I, I was watching videos of him and it was just obviously a very entertaining, very explosive player. And I guess um, it would have been interesting to, to play him because he was uh, he looked exciting to to face and exciting to watch. Um, but um, obviously, I didn't grow up watching him. I just saw past videos of him, and I thought uh, playing him or even in France or at French Open would would have been a was probably a crazy experience. So uh, I think I think you lost to him that final uh, that that he won. Uh, yeah. Maybe you know more <laughs> about about how it was playing him, but uh, I don't know. It could have been it could have been exciting. No, yeah, let, let me let me interrupt there, Mats, because uh, uh, you're absolutely right, Felix. There's one guy that understands Yannick Noah is Mats Villander. So the next time you guys get together in tournament, you guys have a glass of water, and Felix listen to some of the stories Mats has about Yannick Noah because he knows okay. better than anybody. All right. <laughs> no, but I tell you very quick. So I lost. So he obviously beat me in 1983 at the French Open. Um, I was overwhelmed by mm -hmm. his, uh, what you said, Felix, he brought this emotion and the French fans, but I was not disappointed. I even went into the lo locker room after the finals. I walked over to his section and I asked one of his friends, mm -hmm. I said, Hey guys, Hey, where is Yannick going to celebrate? Cause mm -hmm. I want to go there and I want to just see how he celebrates. I don't want to have a glass of champagne with him. I just want to go and have a look. Because I was so, and yeah. I went and I saw him. And obviously, yes, uh, uh, we're very good friends. Boris, uh, you name one of your uh, one of your kids, Noah, I believe, right? Yeah. So, 
he's a massive hero, I think, for our generation, Boris. So you're, you're spot on, Felix. A great guy, and, and he's funny, and he brings it every, every time. So, mm-hmm. um, Felix, mm-hmm. I, for me, we, you're one of the future stars. You're going to get over that final thing. That's not a problem at all. Uh, but we have to ask you, because we need young people. We need people like you guys to start winning these Grand mm-hmm. Slam tournaments. And our average age yeah. of this fan is too old. ATP and the WTA, yeah. there's talk about joining the two tours. Where, you, for you as a 19-year-old, where do you like to see tennis and which direction uh, would you like it to go in terms of technology and the age of fans? Well, that's, uh, I mean, that news of joining is pretty recent. I think I would have to, to learn more about what it, you know, what it involves and everything. And uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, to understand what, what would be the changes, uh, essentially, you know, with, uh, with the joining uh, ATP in, in WTA. Um, but about, yeah, about the young players, um, I agree. I think, uh, obviously, people need to see uh, new faces win uh, win big tournaments. Uh, um, I'm I'm a part of that, and there's players like a bit older than me that are also getting very much closer. You know, with Medvedev and Tsitsipas and uh, and Zverev and uh, and Dominic. Um, but uh, for sure, we we have to push. But I think uh, the, the 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 tough part is the the level that um, these top three you guys still play, and uh, I think with the with the commitment and, and, and everything and the, the knowledge on the, on the high level, now they're pushing limits in terms of how long they can sustain that level. And I just feel like um, now to, to be, you saw a player like Stan won his first Grand Slam, I think at most 29 or, or 30 years old. Yeah. So I reckon it's, uh, it's pretty, I don't know, that's it. for me, I'm young, but I, I feel like it's new, something new to see. And, and I think they're always pushing barriers in terms of playing well at, at older age. Uh, so that is obviously for, from as, as youngsters. Um, but I think I'm not a big fan of you know the the. the I I like the um, I like the history of tennis. I like the the way it's played. Um, I always said I I feel the need to bring things interesting, but I'm not quite sure of the way because. Um, I like the duel. I like the duel, uh, the tension of two players competing. So if you ask me about, uh, you know, the more Americanized uh, way of sport with uh, on-court yeah. coaching and, and shorter matches and, uh, and you know, like interacting like, you know, NBA or NHL, I think, yeah, that's I'm more of an American way to see it. But I think you have to respect the, the history of the sport and, and, the, and the duel and the fight, like two gladiators going on court. And, and I think that's essentially the the essence of tennis so um i'm i'm for my part i'm a big fan of that but uh, i can understand that uh people of my generation want to see uh shorter things more exciting but um i don't know if i, I don't know if that's good in the future i'm not sure yeah. i i must say i agree with you felix and you have a an old head on your 19 young shoulders is uh, amazing and uh, just to allude more to Matz's point uh, you mentioned a couple of your 
your colleagues, you know, younger players, which is the core group? What, what about your Canadian friend Shapovalov? I saw you guys this year in Brisbane and he, he played, you know, amazing tennis. What, yeah. what is, in our honesty, the, the four or five players you really think yeah. will, let's say, the next 10 years, staying healthy, obviously, and no other lockdown in the future? Uh, uh, who, who's, who's the core group in your point of view, including yourself? Of course, you can't speak about yourself, but who's the core group in your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pass, I think, uh, when I he for, it's not about I, I mean we can talk about the, the way they play but I, I look at the mentality I look yeah. at the, the seriousness they bring into their engagement they bring into yeah. their sport and their game and I, for me a guy like Tsitsipas I beat him twice last year and then you just feel like he he raised his level the last two times we played he beat me and I just felt big improvements in his game physically mm. mentally um, the way he moved the way he defended so for me, that's a big sign of you know someone that's willing to to work hard and, and sacrifice a lot and and make the improvements. So for me, he's he has the mentality and he's proved it already. But um, I think for sure, you know, he, he has what it takes. Um, uh, Dominic team, uh, obviously, he's he's been so close. And uh, um, but I wouldn't put him in my generation. I mean, we're no. almost uh, no. almost ten years apart. So I think that's also a different age. Uh, if I focus more around my age group, Dennis. Yeah. Obviously, a good, good friend of mine, um, I think, would, would have what it takes. He's, uh, he's also been willing to make changes in his game, you know, working with, with usually using the slice a little more, mixing things up, uh, being more patient, uh, working his point a little more. Uh, when I was watching him from close up in, in, um, in the ATP Cup, it was, uh, it was amazing to see, you know, the improvements he did. Uh, unluckily, you know, the season, the rest of the season wasn't going as planned for him, but just from what he proved in the ATP Cup, 7-6 in the third against Novak, a uh, great match. I think yeah. he, he's showing uh, good things to, 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 go, um, to go deep in, in his career. And younger than me, one mm -hmm. year, Yannick Sinner. I'm very impressed by, by what he does. Uh, obviously, he's, uh, he has, uh, he's still just uh, one year, just almost on the tour, a bit like myself. But uh, just me, it's not in terms of results. It's just the way... He's uh, practicing the way because uh, I practice with him often in, in Monte Carlo, and the mm. way he's training, the way he's practicing, the way he hits the ball technically is just very, very solid. So, I've always been impressed, impressed since day one by by what he's done. Um, so that's in the group, um, and then I would just finish by Zverev and, and Medvedev that have obviously been established now, um, yeah. and a little bit and. Um, uh, Zverev, like everyone, has gone through his ups and downs. Medvedev too, but uh, when a, a player like Zverev is is uh, just 23 this year, I think, and has been constantly in the top 10, uh, constantly reaching you know finals and and titles every year, I think it's just uh, it's a proof of of, uh, of greatness. And uh, this time will come to 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 win big tournaments. And for me, that's the I think the four or five players that I've named. Titipa, Shapovalov, Sinner, Medvedev, Zverev. Yeah, Titipa. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great group that has all the things. And I might have forgotten some. My Rublev also. You forgotten yourself, my brother. Yeah, maybe maybe me too. But obviously, I want to to do great things in the sport. So I'm including myself in that group. I wanna I wanna be with these guys. I wanna compete for big titles against these guys. Well, I tell you what, Felix, we're going to let you go here, but too, I think, yeah. Boris, I'm sure I'm speaking for you too. For me, 
that you guys are the most exciting uh, generation that's come up since uh, Rafa and Andy and Novak's generation, I have to say, because the, the, the generation right behind them, and I know Milos Raonic, of course, fellow Canadian, mm -hmm. Kei Nishikori, and, but they got beaten up so many times by, by the big four that used to be with Andy Marin there. But you guys, with Dennis one-handed yeah. backhand, with Stefano's one-handed backhand, with you, you're sort of a combination between Novak and Rafa. Uh, Federer is thrown in there with Tsitsipas. And I mean, it's Medvedev mm -hmm. is a complete different tennis player. So for us, you yeah. guys are you're the future and it's so fun to watch you guys play uh boris i'm gonna let we're gonna let you guys yeah. go let felix oh, thank go you. thank you thank so you. much for joining Thanks us for it's always a pleasure we will see you around the corner hopefully felix good luck with yes. everything stay thank home, you stay safe uh and we will talk to you soon thank, thank you so much thanks thanks felix thank you Matt. bye-bye thank you bye-bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.